turn your Bibles to John 13. Um, we are definitely going to have a spiritual lesson today, but it's going to be a lot about just explaining what our next uh, phase is in the church here, and that's uh, family groups. And we'll hand out the rough drafts of the family dr- groups pretty soon. Uh, I don't want you to like be looking at that thing and not paying attention to anything I say. You'll miss stuff. So we'll hand that out very soon. And uh, again, I want to say this is a rough draft. Uh, but again, it's great to, to get to this point in the church where we can entrust to reliable men, amen, and women, um, just uh, shepherding and encouraging the church and, and essentially really talking about family. But to start off, I do want to uh, sing one more song, and that's Happy Birthday to Catherine. I'm going to make her feel, I'm going to bl- make her blush. So we're going to sing Happy Birthday to her right now. She, uh, she, she, I like her dress. She's looking very snazzy there. She's an amazing mother. She, uh, she came up to me recently and shared some things that she insight that she really wants to see happen if, if possible with Easter and uh, sent me a PowerPoint last night. She's going for it and I'm just grateful for how she's thinking about the cross and thinking ahead. I'm not even thinking of Easter. I was thinking of this service and I get an email from her but I appreciate you and we appreciate you as part of our family and so happy birthday. Ready guys? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Catherine. Happy birthday to you. We love you. We love you. Asher is going to someday, like, we're going to play flag football. I know it's going to happen. He's going to be in high school, and I'm going to still think I can run around. And he's going to slam into me. I know he is. That guy, he is like, oh, I don't know what you're feeding him, but man, he is going to be a big boy. Um, Amen. Well, uh, 24, 24 years old, 24 years young, and uh, that's awesome. That's great. I remember when I was 24. Yeah, we were leading a church in Albania, didn't know what was going on. That's what was going on when I was 24. All right, John 13. Uh, I love this passage. You love it. And this is, you know, there's, there's not many commandments in the New Testament. Amen? There's 10 commandments. Then there's a lot of stuff in Deuteronomy. Amen? It, it's a lot in Deuteronomy that you can read about the, the Old Testament uh, law, the, the, the law that was given to Moses to teach us how much sinners... We were, <laughs> and also just to make us holy. Uh, it's, a law, it's a perfect law, but this was a new commandment that Jesus gave, and it was the only commandment in many ways. If you look through the Bible, you know, he says, what's the two greatest commandments? That's one passage, and then this is the other passage that says, a new commandment I give you, and so I like it when there's only one commandment, and you know, that's encouraging. It's not a lot to think about, you know, and you know, for my driver's test, there's like, it was 20 multiple choice questions, and the teacher gave it to us ahead of time. I love that. You know what I mean? You know what's coming your way. And this one is one of those passages where it's, it's really easy to understand, but it's not easy 
to live out. Amen? In John 13, 34, the Bible reads, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. You know, it'd be interesting if we did an experiment. We didn't share our faith at all. But we just focused on loving one another and loving people around us. And what would that do? Would that be enough to evangelize the world? You know, that's what Jesus said. He says, by this, all men will know you're my disciples, if you love one another. And I don't know about you, but I love this church. You know, Brad was asking me, Brad Wall last week was asking me, so how's the church doing? You know, those questions, you know, and I'm coming from Delaware and a lot's gone on at that church. They've gone through a lot of challenges. Uh, Is there any bitterness in the church? I'm like, I I don't quite know uh, if there's bitterness. I mean, if there is bitterness, please talk to me. But um, I was like, you know, are there like dissensions? Are there, you know, people that are feeling a lot of stuff? Are they, how is it leading them? Are they easy to lead? And I'm like, he's asking me these really questions that I don't think about much, you know what I mean? And, because and, it's been hard in Delaware, he was saying this, and I felt bad. I was like, this church is amazing. Everyone loves me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not worthy of the love that we receive, but it's the hearts. They're amazing. They're amazing. Like, Everyone loves me, wants to be around me. They, 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 when they feel stuff, they come and talk to me. You know, and, and, and I know even if there's stuff you feel with me right now, you'll come and talk to me because we're family. And it's just special what we have. You know, I think in some ways, building it from scratch has allowed us to be able to do that where our relationships are fresh. And certainly we've been through our challenges and been through some of the issues, but we love each other. Amen. And we have a genuine interest for one another. And that's special. And Brad was like, wow, really? And, and, and he started to feel a little, I, I kind of tried to downgrade it. I'm like, you know, we have our issues, you know. <laughs> I felt bad, you know. And, and, and he was so encouraged to hear, as he's moving up here, just about that. And, you know, just the relationships. And I know that's not something, if you've been in other churches and other places, even our brothers and sisters, and, and someday it might be a challenge in our group, right, as it gets bigger and bigger, it gets more challenging to be a family. And I love the size of our group because it helps us to be family. And as we get bigger and bigger, that gets more challenging. Amen? That gets more and more challenging. We started with nine disciples a little while ago in in the SMCC chapel. That was fired up. You know what I mean? There's like two sets of pews. We're in there, hallelujah, you know, singing, you know, and it was August, no air conditioning. Matt Butts was singing. If you guys know Matt Butts, he's a great sweater like me. <laughs> that brother would sweat so much. After the second song, I'm like, did you just go into a sauna and come back? What happened to you, brother? You know, and, and poor guy, you know, but we, our service was awesome. It was great. Remember one time we had four baptisms, one Sunday. That was fun. But again, it's great when we moved over to USM and God started growing our numbers and doing some great things through the Holy Spirit, growing us. And now we're, we're big enough where now we have to go somewhere else. It, it, it gets a little hard to shepherd and love one another if you don't focus that love. Amen? 
Because love has to be focused. You know, you just can't machine gun love. You know what I mean? Jesus didn't do that. He, he was with the w- woman at the well, you know? And he focused on her. And, you know, that's what's amazing about Jesus, that you thought when you were with Jesus, the way he loved you, you thought he, you were the most important thing in his life. Yeah. That's the kind of love that Jesus commands us to have for one another. And as we talk about family, it's amazing to realize that God wants us now to go to a part where we're having to build that family in a more intimate way. Because even now, I know some people feel isolated. Some people feel like, oh, you know, where is the love? You know, people are singing that song in their hearts, you know, because it is, it's hard sometimes when we're doing, we're we're bigger and getting bigger to love one another. And that's why I'm excited about our family groups. That's why I'm excited about not that we're not losing the group together, not that, you know, you can't hang with your boys or your gals that you hang out with most, but we're splitting the church up in a way that's not just campus, not just singles, not just married, although it's great to have those specialized ministries because we can relate to one another, and there's times for events for that. We're going to still do those events in the pros ministry and do different things to have fun and enjoy and encourage one another. But now we're going to have a group most of these groups that we put together are across all life stage and all demographics. And to be a part of a, of a, of a group like that is going to be special. Amen. It's going to be special. And we're going to encourage, you know, that. Because, you know, I loved it when I was in Portsmouth. There wasn't a lot of old, uh, younger people there. I was one of the youngest. And to go get a meal at a, a, a married couple's house and to see their, their family and to see their marriage and just to look at them and and just be encouraged and get a vision for my life. It was awesome. You know, for them to see my zeal was also inspiring to them. They were like, wow, Glenn, your zeal. I need to get my zeal back, you know? And I was like, man, I'm just trying to not sin up in here, you know what I mean? And, and do well, you know? But amen, I appreciate it, bro. You know, we, we encouraged each other, you know, and that, that the young people in, the, in that group can encourage the older people. The older people can encourage the younger people. It's an awesome thing. You know, but this is our goal with the family groups, to love one another as Jesus did. Families have been close to God's heart since the beginning. You know, he said it is not good for man to be alone. One of the best passages in the Bible right there. I have to say amen to that. You know, that, that, that we have the sisters in our life because Adam was like, I gotta name all these animals. How do I do this? You know, he was, he might have been a little bit like overwhelmed, you know, name every animal. What? Imagine that. You know, I think Liam could pull that off because he's good with languages. He's like, you are lion. He just cranked, you know what I mean? And maybe he had the gift that Liam has, but I'd be like, I don't know what that thing is. That's a hairy thing. I'd be calling stuff weird stuff, you know what I mean? Adam did a good job, actually, all things considered. He needed a helpmate, a suitable helper for, for him, uh, somebody that could run with him, amen? Then he said, be fruitful and multiply, right? And wanted a family, you know? And God even preserved people's lifetimes so that they would be a bigger family, amen? But then he realized, oh, this family's getting crazy, and so let's kind of make that 120 now, Amen? But he continued to say that. And then he said, teach your children the ways of God. Don't, you know, that, that in a family, the, the parents are meant to teach the younger 
children the way they should go in the Lord. Amen? Amen. To talk about their relationship with God with their children. And so God gave us a vision of what he wanted in the church. Amen? And it went further with Israel being the bride, right? And Israel being someone who unfortunately was unfaithful. But God was, un- was faithful with Israel. Amen? Amen? And even though it went back and forth and it, it was immoral in a lot of ways, God was faithful as a husband to Israel because he knew that the church was coming. Amen? Amen? And that it was going to be able to be purified. Israel would be able to be purified. Amen? By Jesus' death. John the Apostle speaks of the amazing privilege in John 1 about being born again. Not born of uh, a natural, you know, birth, but born of God. Being children of God, that's an amazing thing. And then, Jesus is the first one to speak about the church. In Matthew 16, he says, The gates of Hades shall not overcome it. Amen? Amen. That this family is going to be eternal and can't be shaken no matter what happens. No matter what crisis in the world happens, the church stands on the solid rock, amen, of Jesus. And then in John 17, he speaks, it's one of the most beautiful passages in all the world, about unity between the church. That they'd have complete unity. You know, I don't know about you, but with all the racial stuff and all the different stuff out there, there's not a lot of unity in the country. And yet, with our group, we can have unity. Only because of Jesus Christ. But that is going to show great light to the world. You know, people come in and they go, wow, everyone's from all different backgrounds. How do you guys do this? Jesus. Jesus is the reason we can have unity and oneness. Amen. And then the book of Acts, the fulfillment of that vision, the church is born. Amen. And this church is a family. It's a family where they have fun. It's a family where they praise God together. It's a family where they pray together and read the Bible together and live out Jesus' teachings together. Amen? Amen. And they took the world. This family took the world. It's amazing for Jesus. And so as we think about it more and more, we realize that the church is the fulfillment of God's family and his dreams of family. He started with one man and one woman, and now he's built an unconditional, loving group of people from all different walks that can call themselves family. Amen? Amen. Today we're going to talk a little bit about family and how practically the leadership has decided to really try to help us to fulfill John 13, 34. How do we love one another as Christ loved us? That's a pretty big task. And yet this is a plan that without God we can't see happen. We have to remember that scripture as we think about this passage. And yet it might cause a little bit of uncomfortability because we're going to be with new people that we don't know necessarily. Although we did try to line people up so they had relationships still. And we tried to make it something that we could connect people with. And even, even in a, a logistical way, you know, not make it difficult to meet together. Amen? You know, because it's like, hey, you're, you're part of John Heritakis' group. You know, Lenny, go up there and meet up with John Heritakis. You know, and I appreciate the Heritakis's. How much they drive. I drove there one day and came back. And I felt what the, it felt like. I literally felt like my energy was taken out of me. Like one of the X-Men just was like... And I was like, oh, you know. It was hard, and I appreciate their faith. And yet, to, to, to make it 
feasible to have a northern group, to have some group where they can be together, they can encourage each other. And yet at the same time, we make every effort to do it. Amen? You know, the house church, being in the home, is where our church started. We started in the home. It was awesome. We had midweek, and sometimes we'd have, you know, devos over my house. And I got in trouble by Cape Elizabeth for that. Cape Elizabeth was like, got a note on the, are you having church in your home? Oh, my God. I was like, oh, no. And at that time, we weren't, so I was encouraged. And, uh, you know, I went there, and, and I was like, are you serious? Somebody complained. Yeah, there's just a lot of cars outside your house. And there was. <laughs> Sorry, guys. People, like, every day would be like, what are they doing in there? You know, Cape Elizabeth doesn't have a lot of visitors, you know what I mean, coming in that neighborhood. And all of a sudden, you know, the church just came up the midweek. We had visitors coming in, and it was packed. My living room was packed, and people were like, what is happening, you know? And everyone's coming out smiling and hugging each other, you know? It was cool to get a little persecuted, you know what I mean? I mean, that's nothing compared to the first century, but... I went in there and I said, you know, these are my friends. This is my family. We, we meet together and we pray. Well, are you having church there on Sunday? And I'm like, no, we're not having. Oh, well, cool. Have as many friends as you want over as you want. I just had to follow up with them. Sorry about that, dude. I think it's awesome what you're doing in your house. I was like, great. You want to come? You know, and I was like, you know, just basically it's funny how they were freaked out about the house church. You should have church in a building. But that's not what the first century church did. In Acts 12, you can write this down. You know, um, in Acts Acts 12, verse 12, Mary, the mother of John, her house was a house church. And this is where, when Peter was arrested, they're all praying together. Remember that? And Peter knocked on the door and slammed the door. I think it's Peter's angel. No, it's not Peter's angel. It's Peter, you know. And they got him and they... It's funny, they were praying to release Peter, but they didn't believe that Peter was being released. <laughs> That's exactly how I pray, by the way. I'm like, God, do this! And then I'm like, I can't believe you did that, you know? And that's exactly what happened, but Mary was John the Apostle's mother, and she seemed to actually be a wealthy person because she had a servant that was there in the house. Um, and Lydia, obviously we know the purple cloth Lydia, um, a dealer in purple cloth. She, in Acts 16, had a, uh, a house church that was very prominent and it helped a lot of people. You know, uh, in, in, uh, in, in Romans 16, verse 3 and 5, it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ. Greet also the church at their house. It's interesting. They had church at their house. You know, um, Again, in 1 uh, Corinthians 16, 19, it says that. Philemon and, and Aphia's uh, house, church, in Philemon 1 and 2, he, he speaks about this. Philemon's written to release a slave, but essentially it's, it's about their house church, amen? And there were so many other house churches that weren't defined, and Paul said many times in Rome, if you read Romans 16, it says, greet the people that meet at their house. Greet the people that meet at their house. Greet the disciples that meet at their house. There's something about meeting at the home. I love our group. I love meeting on Sunday together, and that's a blessing. And they did meet in the temple courts together. So it seemed like they had bigger assemblies when they could, when it wasn't illegal, amen. And then they had smaller house churches where they would focus on loving one another. 
And we don't know how big these house churches were. We don't know when they met. We don't know how they met. We don't even know what they did in these house churches. And it's interesting. Sometimes when the Bible doesn't give you those clues, it's because God's saying, you figure it out in your generation. All I'm going to give you is meet together in a house and love each other. And I love that the Holy Spirit gives us that kind of liberty to do whatever we want. And that's what I want to encourage you to do is to figure out for your group what you're going to do to be like Jesus and love one another and love this lost world. Many things are not defined, but that gives us freedom to practically figure it out. But we know that many life stages met together, and we also know there were fights in the house church. Amen? I don't know about you, but that encourages me. You know, I, I applore you. We're going to read in Philippians, Phoebe, to get along with one another. Phoebe was a fired up sister, you know what I mean? And she had some fired up conversations. And uh, it was funny, the women were also often talked about as the ones that brawled together. I don't know if the, 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 the brothers just were like, you know, maybe they punched each other. You know, that's how they got it figured out. But basically, a lot of passages in the Bible were Paul's kind of, it's so big that in a letter to the church, he's like, sisters, get along with each other. You know, 1 Corinthians says about this, and... I'm not coming after the sisters, I'm just saying it's interesting that's, that's there, the place. Um, but I know Satan can get on our hearts, you know, and, and so don't be surprised if it's a little messy sometimes in your house church, in your, in your group, in your family group. Guess what? It's going to be messy. When you bring a bunch of sinners together, gets a little messy. But if we pray that we can love one another like Jesus, we will overcome whatever mess we make. Amen? Amen. And at the same time, more good will happen than, than harm. It's always that way. Amen. You know, um, this is amazing to see. And this is how the churches in these cities were built. This was the backbone of the church. This is the way the world was evangelized. It wasn't evangelized through these huge mega churches. Guess what? You can't pick up a mega church and go anywhere. It's a stadium, man. You can't move anywhere other than the stadium. Hey, let's go to another country. How are we going to do that? Well, we'll just pick up. We'll take a bunch of helicopters and pick up the mega church. And, you know, go over here. We'll build another mega church. You know what? It's nice to have smaller groups. China was evangelized this way. The whole country of China, one billion people. The church is doing amazing. They, they, they had these underground house churches because it was illegal back then. And they evangelized the whole country. One billion people. They planted more churches than, than most other continents just in this one country because they planted house churches. People who took, I'll take my group, we'll, take a, we'll start a little house church there and then we'll, we'll grow that house church and then house church will start over here. And then that, both of us will grow our house churches. And God will bless that and we'll love each other and we'll shepherd each other and we'll disciple each other through the house church. In many ways, you have so much experience in the house church. You know, it's awesome to have campus Bible talks. But when someone says, hey, how do I get a job in the real world? There's some crickets. Because no one has a real job yet. 
Now, if you ask, hey, how, how are you zealous? How do you share your faith? How do you, you know, keep your spiritual fervor? They can tell you about that. How do you avoid the world? You know, sometimes it's easier to be in my little house than in a dorm room. That's not easy. And they know how to keep away from that. We can learn a lot from them. But they can learn a lot from the older group. And so that's the advantage of having a house church is many ways you have elder-like people in that group. You also have younger, fired-up people that can inspire the, the... You know, I remember when I was like that. I need to get back to that. You know? There's something about having the mix-in that's special. How big were the homes? How was the worship arranged? What were the families like? What other people in cities had house churches not mentioned in the Bible? We don't know. But we know they met together. We know they love one another. And we know, obviously, they evangelized together. All these things are awesome. And that's what we're trying to do right now. Just imagine these house churches and these, these family groups and what they're able to do. You know, the people that are going to come into these groups and see the love. And the ways that God's Holy Spirit's going to work in these groups. You know, and it's a lot different than just the D groups that we've done or the Sunday after church times we've done. This is now going to be a family group where it's not just one person looking after another person. It's ten people looking after ten people. That it's not just, okay, the sisters hang with the sisters, but the sisters think about the brothers and the brothers think about the sisters. Amen. And we're, we're there for each other. Sometimes sisters help me more than brothers. Amen. Sometimes sisters have said, can I share a passage with you? And I'm like, oh my goodness. That's exactly what I need to hear. They didn't disciple me. They just more just shared it with me. And I was like, there's sisters in my, my little family group that knew the Bible like a million times better than me when I was a young Christian. I was amazed. I was like, how do they know that scripture in Ezekiel? And then I realized they just read the whole Bible. I was like, oh, maybe I should do that. And I did that a couple times. And now I know a little bit more about the Bible because of it. It's amazing the fellowship that will happen. You know, with that. And even I learned how to be a better husband in a family group, mixed group. Because I learned how to be with other sisters. I didn't know how to be with other sisters. Let me just be real. Or women. I only dated women or I saw them in class. That was it. I didn't like <laughs> hang out with women. I don't know. Some of us are different. We have women friends. I didn't have any women friends. Hey, you have any women friends? I'd be like, no. Why? You know, that was my attitude. Dudes are just much cooler, man, you know, and it's basically what happened, you know. That's how I thought. But then I realized, wow, how unrounded was I, you know. And uh, I remember they were like, hey, let me introduce you to some of the sisters. And I was like, why? You know what I mean? And they're like, I was a little scared, you know, I was a little scared. You know, I was like, no, that's okay. We can hang out with the brothers. But I learned how to be a better man by those sisters that encourage me. You know, this is what we're working on. This is what we're going to do. So what is happening with the family group focus? Well, there's obviously a lot that goes into a family group. I don't want to overwhelm you. But our first thought is we want to glorify God. Amen? That's one of the reasons. That's the number one part. And the, second, the last one, I put the first and the greatest, you know, between this is really glorifying God and loving one another. That's... That's what encompasses our group. But how do we do that practically? Well, there's discipling, right? Your group is going to figure out and, and, and get a plan of how you'll disciple one another. These are new relationships, new people. 
you know, I encourage that one person doesn't disciple everyone. That's not going to help anyone. I want to just put in a guideline. Obviously, not everything can be, there's not a rule. It's a guideline that one person only disciples two people. That's the most that can happen in the group. Because then it forces all of us to take ownership of loving one another. You know? Oh, Brandon, he's the superstar. He's like, you know, he got his cape on. He can disciple 15 people, man. That guy, he's awesome, you know? He just goes for it. He's like, you want to work out? 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 And he just works out with everyone, you know? That, and then, and then talks spiritually with them as they're benching, pressing. You know, that's not going to help. As the group grows, it's not going to help, right? So figure out, how do you disciple? When do you get together? Maybe it's a D group. Maybe it's getting together. And I say D group. What is a D group? I know I'm saying these. These, these are just times to get together, discipling one another how to be like, more like Jesus. Um, training. The training will go on in the group. That training's not just, oh, okay, go ahead and train me. No, that's the part of the family group. How to do the Bible studies. How to, you know, hey, someone asked me to do, a, 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 you know, there's a couple brothers in the church. They weren't ministers, but they were asked to do a, a, a wedding. You know what I mean? And, and you, can, you, know, we'll, we'll, you can get help in that, in that group on how to do a wedding, how to do those kinds of things. kind of wild. You know, Collier did someone's wedding. He had to learn it within his family group how to do that. Well, this is what you do. You get ordained. It's pretty easy to get ordained online pretty much, which is kind of sobering. I'm like, wow, the office of evangelists. You can get it by just signing up online. No, but, you know, it, <laughs> it, it was something that he did, and he, and he learned how to do that from there. How to love people, how to train people. That's an important thing. Maybe you have a, a message you're speaking. You'll be able to get trained in that. How are you guys going to reach out to people? What's your plan? I love that because you have to own it. It's not like, oh, what's Glenn think? No, what do you think? How are you going to evangelize? Are you going to have a Bible talk once a month? Are you going to get together and do a cross night? Are you going to you know, go and, 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 and reach out to the poor and needy this way or do this? That's up to you guys. You can make that plan. You can do whatever you want. Kind of cool. Yeah. Whatever the Spirit's calling you to do in that area. Shepherding. It's just really looking after each other. Oh, so-and-so is not at church. Let's reach out to them and love them. You know, maybe they're sick. You know, we have some people that are sick that, that have been having a hard time coming to church. People that are mentally ill. People that have challenges in mental health. Yeah. We got to love one another. And, and, then, and then instead of just one person... Doing it, because if one person is doing it, I guarantee it's going to be dropped eventually. Because not one person can do everything. But if the whole group is loving, that's something different, you know? Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, building family. How are you going to build family? So this is what we're thinking of doing, and this is kind of the plan. Essentially, first, as we hand these out, I want to encourage you, this is a rough draft. And I want you to ask these questions of yourself. Being uncomfortable sometimes can help you spiritually. Amen? Yep. Sometimes I got put in groups and I'm like, oh, man. I don't know anybody in this group, but they're now my best friends. You know, if you only stay with one or two friends in the church, you only keep one or two friends. But if you branch out, you can have five or six friends. Amen? And that's way better. Where will you do the best spiritually? That's a great question. Sometimes it's not with your compadres. Sometimes it's not with your best buddies. 
that are just a little too comfortable with each other. You know what I'm saying? There's a little too much sarcasm that happens sometimes when we're with our friends. I know Kevin and I can get out of hand sometimes, you know. Seth and I can get out of hand sometimes, you know. Um, you know, we're, we're good friends, and so we yuck it up with each other. And we, we, we had a great D time on Friday. But, I mean, ultimately, there is that comfortability sometimes. Sometimes being out of your comfort zone can be helpful. But where are you going to do the best spiritually? Am I excited? This is an important one. About going to my family group. That's important. If you're like, oh, carry my cross. Oh, hey, Lenny. You know, you know, you did that, you know what I mean? It would be so rough. You don't want that. You don't want to be feeling that, you know? Hey, Lenny, good to see you, bro. I made it. You know, you don't want that. You want to feel like, I'm excited about seeing AJ. I'm excited about what we're doing. And if you're not excited, ask yourself the question. Maybe I need to go to another group that I'm excited about doing. Most of the time you're not excited because you feel like you're not going to do the best spiritually. And so trust that gut instinct. I don't want you to feel bad about saying, hey, I'm not feeling this. That's why it's a rough draft. I put my email down. Don't prank me, okay? Put my email down. Please reach out to me. Reach out to me and say, you know, I, I, I appreciate you doing this. Don't love this group. I would like to be in this group. I need some direction from you guys because I'm not God. I don't know how to do this. We just, we spent two, three weeks, even I think two, three months working on these and praying about these, getting input from the leaders, getting input from people just to see what they think. This is our best guess. But we certainly don't know how to do this. Um, where do I think would be the best group for me to give and grow in? Sometimes you don't like it because you, you have to give a lot more. You know what I'm saying? I like that other group because people would be giving to me. I'm the young guy, you know, and everyone's like, hey, how are you doing? You know? And in this group, I have to kind of be the older guy giving in that way. I don't know if I want to do that. You know, maybe that's good for you. You can also try it. It's not like you have to stay in the group. You know, you're, you're in jail. You're in that group forever. You know, we, we can't take this personally, guys. This is just, this is really the Holy Spirit's work. And the Holy Spirit works through all of us. And so I just want you to feel the, the freedom to speak up and share what you feel. Okay, guys? Um, and then can I be committed to it? That's a great question. That's a great question. You know, can I get there transportation-wise? Is that something feasible for me? If this group can only meet on Wednesday at 8 p.m. and there's no way other, other, any other week I can meet, don't sign up for that group because the most important thing is you're there. You really can't grow spiritually if you're not there. You know? Then there are people in this group that might be doing, not doing the best spiritually. And that's when we have to really go after reaching out to them and loving them. You know, maybe it was a reason that they have not done the greatest is because they haven't felt family. They haven't felt close. And yet, this is really encouraging that we're doing this. You know, most of us are, are on board. Most of us, have, some of us have heard about what we're doing already. But I want to encourage us to think about how is God going to be the most glorified in my life? I want you to do, be doing the best spiritually out of these family groups. That's my goal. That's all of our goals, right? And so if you're like, uh. Now, if you're not on the list here, right, 
I didn't want to assume people that are not the members of the church, I know there's people visiting, that you're going to be like, we're putting you in a group, no matter what you think. You know, maybe you're like, I, I, you know, I don't want to do that. So, so we've also given out sheets that if you'd like to be in a group and you're not on the list here, tell us what group you want to be in, you can come, you know. So if that's something you'd like to do, if something that you're not ready for yet, you have any questions, you can come speak to me. Okay, guys? So what's the plan? We doing good? Yep. What's the plan? March, we're going to finalize these family groups, meet together, and begin planning. You know, I don't, you guys might be like, we're going to do a march around the city, pray. I mean, whatever you guys want to do, I give you freedom to do that. But make a plan. The biggest thing is to make a plan for discipling. Don't just say, we'll figure it out as we go. That never happens, right? Make a plan for discipling. Make a plan when you're meeting. Make a plan for how you're meeting. What are you going to talk about? Are you going to have a Bible talk once a month? Are you going to have a Bible talk twice a month? What are you going to do, right? Um, on April 4th, starting April and May... We're going to be doing uh, The Joy of Family as a series at midweek. And we're going to be working on really making our family groups the best we can make it and meeting together in our family groups. It's going to be awesome. And um, these midweeks are going to be first and the last Wednesday. And the rest will be open. So there will be two midweeks, basically, and the rest will be open to you guys meeting. Maybe you guys will meet on Wednesday. Maybe you guys will meet Sunday after church. It's up to you guys how you're going to meet, okay? And the only thing that I wanted to ask is you guys can try to meet twice a month all together in some form or fashion. So if you do a, a, a Bible talk one week or, you know, a time to reach out to people and then you do another one that's just a family building time, you know, or a prayer time or whatever you guys want to do. Okay, guys? So that's up to you guys. Um, where are you going to meet? That's something you guys got to think about. And so, and then to write out a goal. So what I wanted to ask you guys, we did this in other churches is you name your family group and man some of these names were hilarious especially in the campus ministry we had these funny names in campus ministry one of the names was oaks of righteousness that was one of them then another one i think it was just not even biblical he's like we're calling our 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 family group tingle and we were like excuse me Tingle? He's like, the Bible says that when I tell you what we're about, God says in, in the book of, you know, I think it was Jeremiah, if I tell you what I'm about to do, it's going to make your ears tingle. I was like, bro, fired up, man. You guys fired up about that group? Amen. That's a great name, you know. Um, but then you read it further, I will destroy your city. Everything you have will be destroyed. And God's basically condemning Israel, and I'm like, you sure you want that as your name, you know, but they're fired up, you know, maybe you'll call it, whatever you guys want to call it, it doesn't have to be biblical, it can be anything you guys are inspired about, but then you have an identity, and I don't know about you, but it's important to have an identity as a group, this is what I'm thinking, name yourself, and have fun with it, guys, you know, you call yourself the sinners, you know what I mean, you know, uh, you can call yourself, that might not be encouraging, um, but you know, <laughs> We had different groups, you know. Um, I think our group was um, uh, Love and Joy. There was one that did that. And just encouraging. <laughs> encouraging. We will, not, we will not patronize your groups, but it's great. Like, you'll have an identity. Hey, we're this. We're the Oaks of Righteousness. We're, we're you know, this, you know. 
Um, one called themselves Salt and Pepper because they were like a mixed group of diverse people. You know what I mean? <laughs> salt and Pepper. Um, amen. But get a plan and write it out. I think it's important to write it out for the family group leader to write it out, what you guys are going to do, and then, and then we'll have a time of celebration at midweek where we'll share our names. We'll talk about these things. We'll talk about some ideas we're doing. And what will be great is to share ideas with each other. I think I can't wait to hear like, what you guys come up with. Because other people can, oh yeah, well why don't we do that too, you know, at some point. What if we do this, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. And, and these groups are 8 to 12 people, right? That's basically what they are, 8 to 12 people. You, you it's hard to get 12 people, I, you know, it's better to have like 8 people because it's hard. I mean, living rooms are great, couches are great, but it gets a little crowded, right? And what's inspiring is that there's going to be other people that are going to eventually lead family groups, and go on and do other things. And so we'll split these family groups. And that will be exciting, but also a little sad, too. I remember when we split our group, it was like, oh, man, that's amazing. But I'm going to miss you guys. You know, we had such a close bond that we did a lot of stuff together, even though, you know, we, we were different groups, you know. And so I see that happening in our group in a great way. Um, and, the, and then ultimately, the goal is to grow inside and out. And I say inside to, the most important thing is you grow spiritually inside first and then out. So I'm going to ask... The uh, ushers to hand this out, and I'm, I'm basically uh, coming in for a landing. I just want to explain a little bit what these family groups are. We're going to hand these out now. Drum roll, please. Uh, that was like a Buddhist chant right there. Sorry about that. Um, but uh, we are, so I just want to say sorry to Ezra. I just want to say sorry, bro. Because I forgot about you. I didn't forget about you. I had you in a group. Then, I, then there was a suggestion to move you over here because of the ride situation and all that stuff. And, and then, I, then I had to uh, pen, pen your name in like 75 times. So I'll never forget your name now again. <laughs> but um, it was, like, it was like Back to the Future. You know, you're... you're, you're in the picture, you are racing. No, Ezra's going. No, you know. And uh, I put you back. So then I'm also handing out. Uh, Brandon, can you hand out sheets too for people that want to be in groups? Just make sure. Um, so I'm handing out two sheets. I'm handing out this sheet for everyone to have, so you can see the D groups or the the family groups. And then I'm also handing out a sheet. If you're not on this list, I know we have some visitors here. I know we have people that that aren't officially like. I didn't want to assume you're in there. Seth's going to hand that out to people and to just put your name in where you want to be. And no hard feelings if, you know, you don't want to be with Lenny. He's not going to feel sad, you know. There's a reality to, um, yeah, you can just hand these out one side on the other side. Yeah. So, but if you'd like to put your name down, uh, do that. I know there's some people close to being baptized, which is inspiring. They'll enter these groups. Um, but yeah, so basically we tried to set it up so that it can be mixed. Um, there was one campus group that we couldn't do that. It was a little hard to do that with logistically. And that's Brandon and Sarah's group. Although we'll get some gray hairs in there soon. Okay? Although look at, look at Brandon, guys. He's got a little... He's got, you know, amen. We're good. We're good, bro. We're good. Um... He still can beat me in a race. All right. 
But um, but this is what we're gonna do. And so some and so this is a rough draft. I want to encourage you to look through this, look through it all, pray about it. And um, if you're like, yeah, I love my group, then awesome. If you're like, ah, you know, I'm not excited about my group. I want you to feel totally great about sharing it with me. Okay, guys? And I love that some of you guys, I don't know, there's no rhyme to reason. Sometimes I, I put your full name and other times I didn't. I don't know why. It was no rhyme or reason. But the truth is, I like first names. You know, some of them you couldn't do it like, you know, with some of these names you can't because you get confused like Chris. You got to have a, a last name. But, but, um, but it's like, you know, like cheers. Everybody knows your name. So you don't have to, you know, Jan. We know who Jan is. We don't need to do Jan and, and his last name, social security number down. You know, we got it. Um... So we're <laughs> down. Sorry. Amen. Well, so in ending, I want to end with uh, something that I thought about that was inspiring and encouraging to me, and it's a little illustration I wanted to share with you. Again, be praying about this. We're going to be taking March trying to figure this out. The family group uh, leaders will be reaching out to you, and feel free to say, you know, awesome, let's do this, or it's okay to say, you know, I I'm feeling like I want to go somewhere else. No hard feelings. Family group leaders, don't cry. You're loved by God. Um, but I thought this was an amazing thing. It was really powerful. Both of these analogies were powerful. Several centuries ago in a mountain village in Europe, a wealthy nobleman wondered what legacy he would leave to his townspeople. He made a good decision. He decided to build them a church. No one was permitted to see the plans or inside the church until it was finished. At its grand opening, the people gathered and marveled at the beauty of the new church. Everything had been thought of and included. It was a masterpiece. But then someone said, wait a minute, where are the lamps? It's really quite dark in here. How will the church be lit? The noblemen pointed to some of the brackets in the walls, and he gave each family a lamp which they were to bring with them each time they came to worship. Each time you are here, the nobleman said, the place where you are seated will be lighted. Each time you are not here, the place will be darkened. This is to remind you that whenever you fail to come to a place or a meeting in the body, some part of God's house will be dark. And I think that's so key that each of you are so important. Each of us are so important in being there. You know, at our family groups, you matter. At church, you matter. You know, and, and lastly, I love this one. Jesus appeared in heaven just after his ascension. And it was giving a report to all that had happened while he was on earth. Moses is there, and he asked him, Well, Jesus, did you leave things in capable hands? Jesus responds, I did. I left behind Mary and Martha and Peter and the other disciples. Moses said, what if they fail? Guess what? A lot of people in my ministry failed. What if they fail? Jesus said, well, I've established the church and filled it with the Holy Spirit. And they will carry on. And Moses said, but what if they fail? Jesus replied, I have no other plan. That's it. That's the only plan I have, the church. You know, God has no other plan. It's us. 
If we don't love each other, there's no other plan. If we don't function as a family, there's no other plan. I believe we are. And I believe God has left His church in capable hands. Amen.